Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, the president and CEO of the Chamber. Each week, we'll highlight what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, and develop our workforce. We'll also check in with our community partners to share inspiring stories and important information from across our community. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome. Uh, I'm Jen Hensel, the Assistant Director at Launch Greensboro. Uh, where we accelerate growth for entrepreneurs starting businesses in the Greensboro area by providing education, mentoring, and access to capital. And a few of those pieces are uh, what we're going to be talking about today as I have two guests with me, and we are going to be speaking about our main event for the year, which is called Capital Connect. So I want to introduce Nero Patel, who is a brand new launch uh, board of advisory member, as well as Roland Trout, who is the President and CEO of Barricade Technology Group. Hi, guys. Hey, Jen. Good to be with you. Thanks, Jen. Uh, happy to be a part of this and uh, excited to join the launch board. Well, I know that we're excited and that we at launch um, believe that Greensboro is an emerging market, that our ecosystem is one to be watched. And the event we're going to talk about today, Capital Connects, is, um, I think, such a showcase. Um, and a proof point of that, right? It's where we have a stage for um, up and coming entrepreneurs to really showcase um, to our local angel investor and VC um, community. I I want to bring in Roland um, to the conversation. Um, The Capital Connects event, for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of our Super Bowl. It is a pitch competition. It is the biggest event we do. In the triad, it pulls companies that are seed or series A round seeking um, investor ready companies to pitch for money, prizes, um, and really get some access to networking with investors and and other entrepreneurs. Um, It's an opportunity for the public to see what is happening in our region and to get excited about that and track people's growth. So, you know, one company that pitched last year, and in fact, one fan favorite is Roland's company, Barricade Technology Group. So Roland, um, give us a quick overview of Barricade. Thank you so much for having me. And um, yeah, I've uh, obviously uh, enjoyed the Capital Connects uh, process. And so I really hope that um, you know, by being here today, I can help other entrepreneurs to understand uh, how much that this uh, competition means to Greensboro and the opportunities that come from it. Uh, but to give you an overview of Barricade, uh, we set out about 28 months ago with a concept of how to protect schools in the event of an active shooter. And it came from you know just uh, seeing some of the other solutions that were out there and some of the life experiences that I had. Uh, but, but ultimately the concept is a cellularly based uh, door barricade, which is able to be remotely Uh, initiated across an entire campus within seconds. So we want to be able to uh, lock all of the closed doors across a campus quickly and allow kids a place to shelter in place safely if somebody were to start shooting. 
great. And and um, Roland, tell us about your experience with Capital Connects. Was it the first pitch event that you had been to? Yeah, you know, I think that there are a million hats that you wear as a entrepreneur. And um, so, you know, I was uh, fortunate enough to have you know, known you personally beforehand and you mentioned this opportunity to me and it was just you know something that hadn't been on the radar at that point because we were going through so many other different uh challenges as a startup company but uh we were able to register for it and get accepted to participate and then uh from there went on to win the fan favorite vote so it's generated a lot of publicity for our company through that and then also introduced us to a number of investors and potential investors so tell us a little bit about the team that you've pulled together. You know, as any investor knows, um, a good team is one of the critical components of an investable company, um, whether it's the technical expertise that they bring or the network that they have. So tell us a little bit about the Barricade Technology team and how you pulled it together. Uh, thanks for asking. And I, I cannot agree with you more that the team is so crucial into being able to get this idea. And thankfully, whenever I had this idea, um, it, it really was uh, at a point in my life where I'd built a relationship with the right people to help us do this. And so uh, the first conversation that I had whenever this idea came to mind was with a good friend named Mike Pittman. And so Mike is the president and CEO of a Richmond-based company that is um, number, they were number eight on the Inc. 5000 list a couple of years ago. And they basically are Verizon's, Verizon Wireless's uh, number one partner in the B2B cellular space. And so Connected Solutions Group, this company, um, he and I were working together on a, uh, another project whenever this idea came to me. And I basically went to him and said, you know, what do you think of this idea? Do you think this is something that we can do? And he said, you know, I'm, I'm shocked that no one's done it yet. Um, and, and so, yeah, we started doing more market research, trying to find what was out there and that uh, nobody had integrated cellular technology with the ability to lock multiple doors. And, you know, after patentability searches, we came up with the fact that it, you know, there was nothing like it out there. And so at that point, we brought on another uh, co-founder, a gentleman named Neil Davis, who was a software engineer. Um, his company, Deus Ex, was at the time based in Greensboro and did a lot of mobile app development. And so we started putting together the pieces of you know, what it looked like to go to market with a product like this. And so in 2019, uh, September, we filed for the intellectual property uh, surrounding our device. And that was a combination of uh, two mechanical engineers, a, um, a network um, uh, IoT engineer from Verizon Wireless, uh, the former head of product innovation engineering from Dell EMC, and then a systems control engineer from uh, Floor Daniel, who used to run their nuclear program at Floor Daniel. So between those eight individuals, uh, myself included, we really were able to um, put together a device that had the functionability to help save lives. Wonderful. It is, it is an incredibly inspiring team. Um, lots, lots of talent there. So um, congrats on that. I know that that is part of what inspires you and, and keeps you moving. Give, give us a bit of an update since the um, Capital Connects 2020 competition 
where is Barricade now? And like most companies, I guess the question I have to ask you is, did COVID have any impact on the company? Was there any pivot that was required? To answer the latter part of your question, I think that COVID has changed the world. And so uh, for a technology focused on school safety, um, it definitely has changed where the funding is coming from. Uh, we've pivoted in the fact that, uh, you know, initially our thoughts were more geared towards, um, and our funding models were more geared towards K through 12 and, um, you know, a lot of private schools and, and charter schools. And we found an opportunity at the higher education level. And so in this last year, a lot of our uh, work has been focused on, you know, building relationships and showing, you know, conceptualizing this idea for um, university systems and community colleges. You know, from a where we are standpoint financially, uh, you know, we were able to launch our Series B um, at the same time that we were working on the Capital Connects. And to this point, we have basically gone through about 50% of the capital raise with some options for the additional 50% that are contingent on milestones associated with our pilot program. So there's very little equity left to sell, uh, but we, I wouldn't say that we've completely um, closed out the Series B at this point. So what a great update on the fundraising um, and, and where you are. And I know that you are working diligently to hit those milestones. Um, tell us a little bit about product development and where you are from that standpoint. Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking. I think that, you know, with any type of new technology, you want to be, um, you want it to be efficient and you want it to work the way that it's supposed to. But whenever you throw in a, uh, a system that deals with something like the safety of our children, it's got to be perfect. And so we had a first initial prototype that we rolled out um, earlier this year. And there were just a few tweaks that we wanted to make to ensure that it would be durable enough, that it would last, that it would, uh, everything was working from a connectivity standpoint, the way that we wanted it to, but we want to ensure that uh, all of the things necessary to make sure that this is the long-term solution for schools so we've gone back into development for a second round and we look like uh, around June or July, we will be ready to install the first prototypes in pilot programs. That's exciting. Uh, so, so I know that pitching for you, Roland, again, we know each other personally. So I know that pitching for you is um, no sweat at all, but besides the, the adrenaline that you got from the pitch um, and winning fan favorite, what was your favorite aspect of the event? Well, and I think that, you know, to, to say it's no sweat is, is probably downplaying it a little too much. I think that, yeah, there was obviously a, a lot of practice that goes into it because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think if somebody asked me to stand up and talk for a minute about barricade, then that is you know, not a problem. I can probably ramble off, you know, uh, uh, several you know, minutes worth of un you know, digested uh, conversation. And, you know, obviously there's a million different things that flow through your mind. Uh, but whenever you're on the clock for six minutes trying to coordinate the most effective pitch, uh, you really have to put in a lot of effort in order to make sure that the message is passed along is exactly what you want to communicate. So I think that, um, you know, the, my favorite part of that process was, um, you and Luann and your help and you know, really helping to dial down that message because it 
you know, it comes in handy whenever you're having conversations with other investors and whenever you're, um, you know, out telling the story in public to be more streamlined. So it's interesting that you say that. Um, we hear that consistently from people who have pitched at Capital Connects um, that the pitch prep process is sometimes besides the networking and, and being able to really connect with investors, which obviously for strategic purposes is, is essential, but that, that one of the biggest needle movers is the pitch prep to be able to, as you said, hone their message, make sure that they are um, hitting all the high notes and telling the story and doing it properly so that it's exciting um, to investors and it, and it brings a conversation forward after the event. So yeah, that piece of getting your pitch um, verbally ready, getting your deck ready, getting your team on board with um, kind of that strategic direction. And, and I know that you had a team there. And so I watched you at the networking event. You guys kind of split up so that you could make the most of that room um, and really get a lot out of the event. So it's that doesn't surprise me that the pit prep helped. And, and I agree with you. It's one of the things we talk about the most about this particular competition is that we, we put people on stage who are good and who are companies who are ready and people who are good at pitching so that the experience as an audience member is um, not boring. It's, it's interesting. It's professional. It's high level. Um, and Nero, I don't know if, you know, in that kind of networking part that you did, it sounds like you didn't connect with Roland, but were there other companies that you um, had some great conversations with or other business owners that you were able to meet in those networking sessions? Yeah, yeah. I was able to meet with some of the other business owners. And I, I do recall one where uh, I, I forwarded their information on to an investor that I thought might fit their, their industry. So, well, first of all, the, the pitching is a huge component of this program that it brings in investors and if the pitches are good, it's gonna bring in a whole new pool of investors as Capital Connects grows uh, on a yearly basis. And that networking component after the pitching occurs is, is going to be huge because if this is done right and, and continually gets more and more interest, you're gonna have a load of investors show up. And, and that's what we want. Unfortunately, this year we have to do it virtually, uh, but you know we've gone through an entire year doing things virtually. So hopefully that isn't too much of a hiccup in the grand scheme of things. Um, with that in mind, just as an open conversation, I'd, I'd love to hear what Roland thinks about companies that have to virtually pitch. And if you're put in that position, <laughs> Do you feel like it would be easier, harder, uh, more beneficial? Yeah, you know, I, I think that there is a different set of challenges from a connectivity standpoint, um, like not not network connectivity, so to speak, but as far as the connectivity with your audience. And so, um, you know, whenever you're face to face with people and, and body language is present and things like that, then you're able to sometimes... Um, you know, put more of a personable feel to something that's virtually. Uh, so I think that the, the challenge that people will have, um, you know, whenever they're doing something virtually is to remember who their audience is and the, the way that they're portraying that um, to a virtual audience, uh, because it takes a different skill set to probably captivate somebody in a virtual setting. Uh, but, yeah, the other side to this and the, the part that's exciting is, 
you know, there are folks all over this world that could potentially be investors. And, you know, even if, um, you know, we return to normal in the near future and, you know, the next round of Capital Connects maintain or, you know, comes back to being in person, um, maintaining a virtual aspect to it where folks can really, you know, be present in the pitch contest could be something that's advantageous. And, um, as you said, there's only, you know, so many seats in the auditorium. There's only so many uh, opportunities for folks to be there in person. And sometimes, you know, folks can't travel from New York or Chicago or, you know, wherever they may be coming from to make it for this event. But if we begin to market it to, you know, to Silicon Valley or to, you know, to Wall Street, then there may be an opportunity to uh, grow the network through that virtual channel. Yeah, I would agree with you, Roland. I think that in the future, the virtual component might become something that would work nicely. And I think as many virtual meetings as we've all probably done throughout the course of the year, I think one thing comes to mind for me, and that's the engagement level of participants, especially in breakout rooms, uh, seems to increase. Yeah, I know I know that we're really excited to be able to do it virtually for the reasons, Roland, that you mentioned, right? To just expand that network, expand the exposure for our entrepreneurs. Um, one one thing that that drives me and our organization, I believe, including our board, is making sure that Greensboro is on the map, that when people think about what's going on in the Southeast, they're not just thinking about Charlotte or Atlanta. Um, or Nashville, that they're really thinking about some of the medium-sized cities where ecosystems are growing and entrepreneurs are building products and solving problems that can really um, take on global scale. And so I think that the, the virtual aspect is really exciting. I think it's going to be, um, we are working hard to figure out how to do that, how to make it a seamless um, event. You know, we, we know how to do events in person and we know how to do events virtually. Um, and so this will be the first time, though, that we do this scale of event. Um, but like, like I said, I'm really excited, and I believe that we will continue to have some kind of virtual component moving forward, even when we are able to gather again, because um, that exposure for the entrepreneurs is really, really important. And it's something that, that you know, Roland, as you said, is, is capacity constrained in an in-person interaction. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I wanted to bring you on for, Roland, was not only were you a fan favorite, and so obviously the audience was really excited about Barricade and the solution that it provides for school safety and excited about your guys' roadmap, um, but also because I think it's really important for companies to understand um, how and why pitches are important to companies at the stage that you were and are at. Um, and to understand that, that the purpose of the event isn't necessarily to win, that win can actually be defined in a multitude of ways, right? So we had Threat Sketch was our six minute winner, which was seed in series A, um, and Fan Park, which was our two minute winner, which is very early um, kind of idea stage companies. So they, they win cash and in-kind prizes, but um, you know, Roland, as you had mentioned, the ability to get your pitch down and then have that confidence to move into investor meetings and go through the due diligence process and be able to have you know, round after round of conversation and you know your message is clear and concise because you've got that confirmation at an event like this and you put the time into that deck to make sure it was in top shape. Um, that, that the network that you build 
that confidence that you build um, really is what can transform a company from being very under the radar to being in a place where you can have multiple um, regional investor conversations and really push outside until you find the industry or the partnerships that you need to take it to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. And I think that, you know, the, the prize money is nice and you know, can obviously help the bottom line. But, you know, if you're going to ask me whether I would have the uh, you know, $10,000 first prize or somebody come on board for a $250,000 investment, uh, yeah, that's that's obviously a no-brainer. And so we're, we're looking for, you know, I mean, you, you never have to start fundraising as a startup company. Um, you, you have to always be looking for the investor that's the right fit. Uh, there are always, especially as you, um, you know, with grander ideas, you need um, capital to scale. And so, uh, yeah, the best way to do that is either, you know, taking on debt or um, bringing on investors. And, and, you know, traditionally, I've preferred investors to have the skin in the game and to give them the upside to grow with us. So tell us in a little bit more detail some of the progress that you've made this year. You mentioned a pilot project. Do you want to share a little bit about what's going on in this stage? Yeah, you know, I think that it's still uh, a little bit early. We haven't finalized any of those agreements. Um, so we've had a lot of good conversations uh, at the K through 12 level and also at the university level. And so there, there is, you know, uh, one or two that I'm uh, very excited about, uh, nationally recognized institutions um, that have um, you know, been introduced to us and um, they have a, a warm level of interest. Um, obviously, you know, we still haven't done it yet. And so there is a, um, you know, there's always going to be an aspect as a startup until you uh, have your product out there and you're you know, in a number of locations and it's been tested and vetted that there's, you know, nobody likes to be the guinea pig. Um, so we've luckily found some people that are uh, willing to listen to that conversation and willing to uh, give us that opportunity to, uh, to hopefully do that. And I think that we'll be able to announce those things um, sometime in the next month or so. Will this be a patented product? Sorry? Will this be a patented product? Yeah, so we have uh, two patents pending currently. Uh, they are, um, they were filed in September of 2019. Uh, so we are anticipating a response somewhere around March of this year. That's great. Um, we're, yeah, we, we're optimistic. I know that, you know, there are other uh, connected uh, devices that have, you know, done some of you, if you look at, you know, door locks, you you have a Wi-Fi based door lock. Uh, but we believe that we are the only system that controls doors across multiple buildings uh, through the LTE cellular network. And so uh, that's kind of where our patent and intellectual property centers. Well, I look forward to following your path. That's a, it's a neat company, like I said before. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, and so for those that we have gotten excited who are listening today, I want to tell you how you can um, virtually attend uh, Capital Connects this year. It will be on March 10th. Uh, from 4.30 to 7. Um, you can find more information on how to register at greensboro.org slash launch slash Capital Connects. Before we wrap up, Nero, I'd love for you to tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. How did you end up in Greensboro? Uh, I was born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I 
went to St. John's University, which is also located in Minnesota. So I pretty much grew up my entire life in Minnesota before making a move to Greensboro. I met my wife in Minnesota. She was a working at Mayo Clinic when I met her, uh, finishing up her fellowship in cardiology. And I was finishing up uh, my career in investment banking and private equity and moved into a startup phase of my life uh, back in 2011. And my wife uh, was recruited to come to Greensboro by Cone Health. And uh, we talked long and hard about it. And I didn't know much about Greensboro. Uh, I was in the middle of running my business in Minnesota, uh, gaining traction, all my relationships, you know, business and personally were there. So uh, it was certainly a huge decision to come to Greensboro. I flew out here several times before we finally made a concrete decision. And I think what I, what I found and was intrigued with uh, when it comes to Greensboro is I felt like there was a, a real opportunity to uh, be a part of what I call maybe an emerging market area of North Carolina. I think Greensboro kind of gets lost in between Raleigh and Charlotte and you know those two cities have had a nice trajectory of growth over the last 10-15 years um, and I see the tri general triad area and specifically Greensboro being a part of that similar type of growth and me personally being a uh, an investment type of person and, a, and in tune with uh, new concepts, ideas, and um, so on and so forth. I thought Greensboro would be a great place to move and not only continue to run my business, but hopefully dive into other things to uh, be a part of the growth here. And tell me when you moved, because that is an interesting <laughs> bullet point. Well, we, we moved right at the beginning of the pandemic, so I haven't been able to really experience as much of Greensboro as I'd like to, to this point. So <laughs> hopefully things settle down a little bit in the near future. I just kind of want to close out today's session, Nero, with hearing a little bit from you about um, what excites you so much about um, kind of the future aspects of your work on our advisory board. Um, and what you're looking forward to from this year's Capital Connects? Well, I, I think I'm excited about quite a few things. Uh, you know, when you hear stories like Roland, uh, you know that there are a lot more of those in the pipeline. And I can't wait to be a part of uh, that pipeline and, and discussing concepts with, with Roland, Roland type companies. Uh, I think the first launch capital fund um, is a great way to tie into these companies, these entrepreneurial companies, and uh, you know, I look forward to being a part of that fund and reviewing companies and ideas. Uh, and, and I think the Capital Connects event in itself, uh, the networking is, is huge. I think that folks that have been a part of networking events when it comes to businesses find that you get a lot out of it, whether it's a a relationship, whether it's an investment relationship, uh, 
local community relationship. Uh, there's so much we've taken out of those networking events. Um, and I think that virtually speaking, uh, this year's Capital Connects will be just as good, if not better. Awesome. Um, I hope so too. Obviously we are, we're working hard to make sure that happens. Roland, I just wanna thank you so much for, for taking time. I know you're busy. Um, working on all of those next steps for Barricade, but just wanted to give you a chance to close up. Well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come in and speak with your audience today and uh, definitely uh, look forward to connecting with you, Nero. And I hope that uh, this year's Capital Connects uh, gives uh, a lot of great companies in Greensboro the opportunity to uh, to really embrace the uh, the virtual aspect and find those uh, investors looking to support this community. Awesome. Well, you all can find us and follow our work on LinkedIn at Launch Greensboro, Twitter and Instagram at Launch GSO, and on Facebook at Greensboro Entrepreneur. So thank you so much, Neural and Roland. It's been great talking to you. Remember to register for the March 10th Capital Connects event to see who is this year's winner of our grand prize and our fan favorite. Thanks so much. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center, and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Make sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes delivered to your device each week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time. Thank you.